Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where the Orchard of Wisdom shows are at your fingertips. It ignites your soul, your heart, your spirit, your mind, and your body with illumination from people who have made the journey before you. They're here now to help you on your journey, on your path of self-discovery. We are funded by you, the audience, and the people we interview. If you wish to support us, please go to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com and press on our Fund Action button. Anything is appreciated. We would like you to sit back and enjoy the shows. Here we go. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Raising Your Gifted Children right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest is Trent Talbot today. We're going to be talking about woke tricks. What does it mean? And how is Brave Books empowering youth? Uh, unfortunately, nobody can be told what the woke tricks is. You have to see it for yourself. Trent Talbot is the founder of the CEO and CEO of Brave Books and author of the upcoming adventure called The Fright for Freedom Island. Brave Books is empowering this generation's youth with conservative values so that the next generation will be filled with strong, discerning leaders. He uses uh, uh, The Matrix as a parody video, wonderful video, do come and look at it, uh, as um, ahead of the release of The Matrix Resurrections, which actually is already out, recommend people go and see it. The Matrix video echoes the notorious explanation of The Matrix Morpheus, Lawrence Fishburne, um, gives in the first film, but this uh, video urges a child to take the red pill of Bray and of Bray books to escape the false reality of wokeism. So what is wokeism? And uh, taking the red pill instead of the blue one and being mindless and going through life rather robotically is a very good thing to do. But what does the red pill mean in your life? Welcome to the show, love. Oh, thanks for having me. So wokeism, where did that come from for a start? Where did it start? Like for you, whole, for you. Oh, for, for me. Um, wokeism. Um, well, I was sort of blind to um, what wokeism was up until pretty recently. I was, I was actually a practicing ophthalmologist, just living my life, taking care of eyeballs, doing cataract surgery and stuff. And uh, then I got married and had a daughter in the summer of 2020. And shortly after charlotte was born who's actually in that woke tricks video that you were mentioning mm -hmm. um i i just noticed that there was a real war going on for the hearts minds and souls of our children mm -hmm. um within within a couple of weeks of her birth netflix came out with that film cuties um, yes anti-racist baby was the number one book on amazon and and nancy drew came out with a trans character and it just one my head was spinning i was like what's going on like your, your break Kate. hold it sorry folks we're having a little issue with the internet today i know our retrograde is still out there and you've got a storm coming so bear with us if we have a few hiccups if you wouldn't mind kind of repeating where from where you were love sure yeah so um just after my daughter Charlotte was born noticed a noticed a lot of sort of propaganda um and attempts at indoctrinating our youth with, you know, they were sexualizing young girls or yes. and talking about C things like CRT and train our kids, our infants to be anti-racist and, you know, look at everybody through the, the filter of race and skin color. And um, 
And so it just sort of, my eyes were opened and I looked at the landscape of sort of the entertainment, the, um, you know, what our kids are listening to, reading, watching, and it was just so one-sided and, and there wasn't anybody that was sort of actively fighting back against that. And so I ha had this idea for Brave Books, it sort of just came to me and then and uh, mulling over the, the vision that, that I had for Brave Books became more and more fine-tuned, I guess, or sort of mm -hmm. in color and I could, I could see it and, and I decided to pull the trigger and, and start Brave Books, which we're, we are a, we're a children's publishing company and we make um, picture books for, for kids aged four to 12. And we've created our own universe. So whenever we started this thing, I wanted to accomplish a few things. One, I wanted to make the books not preachy at all, not like on the nose, just really, first and foremost, really, really fun. Right. I don't know. Have you gotten any of our books? No, I haven't. No. Okay. Yes. Well, you need to get them. They're, they're really good. And, and they are just, they're, they're amazing books. They're first and foremost, like the stories are great. The illustrations are great. And so, and we've created our own universe. So mm -hmm. every, I don't know if I have a map in here. Um, let's see. Okay. This out real quick. So, so we've, we have this map whenever, whenever somebody buys their first purchase, they get a, a map of our universe. And it is, every story takes place on Freedom Island. And so we've mm. got all these little locations in, in, on Freedom Island. We've got Mount of Olorif. We've got Forensic Park. We've got Shivermore up there. We've got <laughs> Wizard's Way and Mushroom Village and Gray Landing and all these cool, cool spots. And so kids just become obsessed. They, 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 they lose themselves in the world that we've built and, and the characters that, that we've, we've created. And so... So that, that was like first and foremost was really good was a really good story mm -hmm. that parents then can use as a a sort of a, a a framework to then have conversations about whatever topics we talk about. And so so like the first book is about gender identity. It's called Elephants Are Not Birds, um, and so it talks about obviously like um, you were you were made uh, a certain way. And, um, and, you know, it's best, you know, it, you may have times where you feel, feel different, but, but you, you are how God made you and it's best to embrace that. Um, and it's a, just a really clever story. And, and, and then, you know, we've got, we hit topics like, um, the sanctity of life with a book called little lives matter cover top, um, the danger of communism with the Island of free ice cream. And so, so we take these, these really fun stories that, that, um, that parents can then use to have conversations. And so we didn't want to just leave it up to, to the story though. We, we, in the second half of the book, we have something called the brave challenge where we have activities and games for the whole family to come and play with. And then after each game, there's follow-up questions, there's discussion questions, because we wanted to, we wanted to create conversation among the family create family time where they could have conversations about these topics so that, so that um, they, they're one, they're getting these values from their parents and, and you're creating sort of that hab familial habits of talking about issues. 
because when I grew up, my family never really developed that habit of, of mm-hmm. talking and discussing and working through, through things together. And I think it's super important. You know, otherwise, otherwise kids just end up being sort of raised by culture. And that's not good. That's not healthy. You know, we need we need our children to to be to be raised by their parents and we need to create, um, you know, values that are passed down from generation to generation. Otherwise, the population just becomes too easy to manipulate and control. If, if we end up just at age five, we're sort of get isolated and are on our screens. That's just not a healthy, healthy thing. Mm -hmm. So, so those are like the two big things is make the books fun, make the stories fun, create a whole world that kids can get lost in and then create, um, create the structure for family discussions. And and so that's what we did. Of course, you know, the red pill is all about opening our eyes, you know, to the control of the world um, and also the limitations of that control. Because what is control? Control is about keeping people in a certain parameter and very often keeping them afraid. Um, because when you when you have them afraid, it's easier to control them. And so, you know, the red pill is very much about opening up our minds, opening up our hearts and looking at things um, as they really are. And I think we're in a world right now that we're kind of tired of the judgment or the dictation. And we want our children to grow up uh, in a way where they have the freedom of their own speech, of their own inquiry, of their own discovery. And a lot of the problem that has happened with children is the fact that we have a lot of households where there's two parents working, which is no fault of their own. It's just the way sometimes the necessity is. But then the the tablet, the TV, the computer, the phone becomes the babysitter, which is not only neurologically really bad for, for a child, but then there's the misinformation out there. And so having family dynamics where um, they're a part of the book or they're a part of the game or they're a part of the culture where they feel they can actually talk about something where we give them a voice is extremely important to this generation because we've got to bear in mind they're our future leaders we need to listen to them as much as they need to listen to us yeah yeah kids need to kids need to get in the get in the habit of of thinking and speaking um, early on and thinking through through topics, you know, as, as opposed to to just sort of um, having sort of just trying to fit in, and whether right. it's whether it's whether it's their parents or whether it's culture, and you know, just trying to fit into the crowd. Um, and so, so yeah, I agree. I, I agree that, and and that's how we design the books is, is to is to ask these kids questions, have them think on it, mm-hmm. really think, and then take a shot at what you think and then start a conversation with, with the parents. You know, I, I think it should be a, it, it's not, it's not, it shouldn't be like on, on both. It shouldn't be the parents just tell the kids what to think. Yeah. No dictation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it also shouldn't be kids just come up with whatever you think. And the parents just say, Oh, okay. That's what you think. Yeah. And yeah. Support it because kids are there they're like stupid. <laughs> stupid. Well, no, well yeah, right. they can but, be, but, but they're also highly intelligent. But the thing is, is that right. they're in discovery, so they can be very surface sometimes until you sure. open the door for them, allow them to go deep. Um, I, I have a show out last week, which is, is about our stupid kids, the next generation, and that is the kids that are so absolutely glued 
to the apparatuses and their attention span is so shallow and they don't know yeah. how to have a conversation and they don't know how to inquire and they don't know how to investigate. They don't read. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that reading does, it's allow each person's perspective of what they're reading, you know, is coming from their perspective and it opens up for a conversation. And it can be a wonderful bridge gap between parents understanding what the child's perception is, what the adult's perception is, and how you can bridge that gap where you can see both perceptions and not it become an argument. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And that's, you know, it, it's a challenge. It, it can be a challenge for, for parents. I, I think, I mean, um, you know, to not to sort of, have that patience to where I, I think there's like a there's a little bit of a tyrant in in all of us uh, especially as like yeah. parents you know where where you know you're trying to like teach a kid a lesson and and they're they're disagreeing and it's 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 tempting to just want to say no here's yeah. what you here's what you should think because I'm I'm telling you I'm the dad I know best best but you, you don't really convince anybody of no. anything that way You've got to give them a why. You've got to give them a what. From what perspective are you coming from? Why is this so important? <laughs> you yeah. know, and but that's also respecting the child's opinion. It's, a, it's respecting the child's space, because so many children growing up believing they're not worthy, they're not valued, they're not loved, because nobody's ever taken the time out to listen to hear them or to guide them in a way that they understand the guidance it, instead of the imposing dictation I'm your parents so therefore instead of having a conversation of where the child is and what they need right now uh, what they're understanding right now and then being able to guide them forward within that perception um, we've forgotten that we you know there's, there's been very much this you know I'm I'm the parent you're the child do as I tell you and this child grows up voiceless and then ends up being a voiceless adult and they're, you know, contributes to the dysfunction of society. The more we can listen to our children, the more we can engage them in conversation about everything. Nothing should be taboo. You know, we, we as adults can speak to our perception or our morals, but we have to listen to a child's perception as well and never diminish it. You know, we can say, I don't agree with you, but it, it has to be then a reason behind it because I think we dumb our children down by not letting them have the voice or having the inquiry. Definitely. Definitely we do. Um, and, you know, I think, I think that it's sort of drifting in this, you know, in a, in a direction where children are becoming very isolated and, mm -hmm. um, and they're just not giving the opportunities to, to think and ha hash things out and, and hear different perspectives and then be heard. Um, and so, so I think it starts with the family, you know, as parents, we got to do a better job. And, and, and then, um, then, you know, also living, living in, in community and, yes. you know, and as parents sort of making sure that they're able to, um, to develop um, to develop peer relationships and you know because that's that's a that's a great chance to to sort of work through things you know yeah. even though even though you may not be you know you, kids may sort of go off on a tangent or get off off track at least they're at least they're thinking at least they're figuring out how to communicate 
how to interact with mm. people. Yeah. It, and, it, it does you know, take like, a village to raise a family, right? For sure. You yeah. know, and, and parents need other parents to talk to because that's how we learn from each other. I have a wonderful right. show last week uh, um, on uh, a wonderful, actually, emergency program because a lot of people don't realize, you know, accidents happen to children. Your daughter's just over a year old. Um, I have a grandson that's 10 months old. Uh, accidents happen and a lot of times we're not taught. You know, just call 911 or how before 911 is there, we're not taught how to protect our children or what to do in the state for crisis. Well, that's the physical crisis, but our children are going to face emotional crises. They're going to face things that are happening out there. No matter what their age is, we need to address that. So the more we come together in a community where we can support each other, we're better able to support all of the children of that community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we, we become better parents. Mm -hmm. and. And they, you know, they have those relationships that they so desperately need with with kids of their own age. Um, yeah. And and you know, like this COVID, it's going to be really interesting to see what what this this generation of of kids that grew up, you know, during COVID, what they what they what their lives are like. I mean, mm -hmm. it's I couldn't imagine. Um, I I I've heard stories of you know three year olds who who don't see any faces. You know, who yeah. live in these in these cities where everybody wears masks and they haven't seen any faces outside of their parents. I mean, right. that you know, like my daughter, my daughter is, and, and it's it's not just her. I'm just, she's my she's my oldest child, so it's the first time I'm I've noticed I'm noticing this in, in kids. But she is just so intuitive of of um, you know facial expressions yes. and like our are how we're feeling and what we want when we're what our emotions are and she's constantly reading that and and you know i just i don't know i don't know it seems like there's a large population of our kids that aren't getting that um and you know that are like at daycare or something you know and everybody's wearing a mask mm. and just like what what's gonna happen to those kids well i mean that is every single generation is going to have something to face you know, there's, there's generations of war, there's generations of disease, there's generations of something for the history of time. It's always happened. It's what we do now, right? And it's as the masks come off, it's teaching those kids the importance of a smile, how a smile can be that kindness, can be that invitation. Um, our kids aren't scarred for life. It is a question of now, what do we do with these children that shows them that, you know, to how to read if the facial expression is, how to express themselves with their faces and how important a smile is. And every generation is going to face something. And it's just like we face it it's as, as that generation does. But what do we do now about it in order to move forward? And uh, they're not scarred for life. They're only scarred for life if we keep them there. And I mean emotionally keep them there. But when we actually fuel the empowerment within a child to be able to overcome, then that actually empowerment helps them overcome many obstacles they're going to face in their lives. Yeah, maybe. And well, I, I mean, I think you're right. But I also think that that, you know, there's some some things that you can't you can't get back and and during that two to four age range, I mean, that is just so much development that's happening mm -hmm. and it's real. Like it's actually real sort of neurodevelopment. And, and, um, and so, yes, we do need to obviously do the best we can for, for, um, 
kids that grew up in this COVID range or COVID era and were affected that, by that. But we also need to fight for future kids because yeah, masks, masks are starting to come off, but not everywhere. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think, I think for the, for, for the emotional, mental well-being of, of, of all of us, but especially our kids, we need to really, we really need to fight for that because, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of politicians and, and, you know, people that are advocating for, for that, they're looking at it just in such simplistic terms, you know, it's just, you know, well, it may help decrease the, the transmission and decrease deaths. Well, there's a lot of other variables that are going on and, and we, we just don't, we don't, we don't value, we don't put high, high enough value on our kids. It's like, it's like they're always secondary, you know, it's like they're, they're always just sort of pushed to the side and, and, and other things take priority. And it's just, it's, it should be the opposite. Yeah. Now, if you invest in your children today, as I said, they become the leaders for tomorrow. So, you know, that true investment needs to be in there. Um, and, you know, the, the masks are coming off, thank goodness. And, uh, you know, a, a whole integration with our children needs to happen there. As I said, they will recover if we give them the right support. Um, that development doesn't stop there. It's just the readjustment that we have to make. But it's um, the, what we're dealing with right now, which is the, the next pandemic, is the emotional pandemic from the pandemic. And there is so many people that have had so much loss one way or the other. There's so much depression out there. There's, uh, we're in a, um, a flux of change right now. And that, you know, a lot of people have had to look at their lives and, and reassess their lives, you know, what was important. For a lot of people, it's been a gift of, um, I'm not going to work every day or I'm not having to work at an office, I'm working at home. I'm seeing a whole revaluation of family life or of I'm being a slave to my job and now I want to change it so I have more quality of life. So there's always good that can come out of something, but we're still in that change flux for a while. And there is that mental health that we need to attend to now as the mask comes off. And that comes a great deal onto us as adults. How are we coping with it? Because how we cope with it is how a child's going to cope with it. Our children mimic us. If we're stressed, they're going to be stressed and they don't know what they're being stressed over. So the more we can engage them into activities that shows them how to integrate and come together again, there we're giving them a solution that they can tangibly apply to themselves. Yeah. Um, now I live in Texas and I live in a red county in Texas. And, and you know, it's like, say, say that we you know, like how we deal with it. We deal with it. We don't even think of it. You know, like I haven't seen a per- person wearing a mask in so long, like probably like six months. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's nice. Cause I feel like my daughter's like, she's, she's, she's lived a normal life, um, which is really nice. Um, and I'm, I'm very grateful that, that there's a few places like Texas um, that, that, you know, she's been able to do that. And so, so uh, anyway, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I mean, by creating, you know, books that the parents can read to the children, eventually the children can read themselves by creating a game that they can play with their peers and also play with their parents is very important because interaction is absolutely necessary for a child's development. And they learn through play. 
They learn through books, they learn through play, they learn from being a part of something, not just watching something. They need to be yeah. interactive with it. So creating a game and, and, you know, that whole island, which is becomes part of the exploration world and why they're exploring their learning and then what they're learning, they're sharing with their parents and then their parents are sharing something else back. You know, it creates a wonderful um, platform in which, you know, to bridge the gap because we've got to stop putting ourselves up there and sometimes come down to that, to the child's height, so to speak, and just be silly billy and play with them on their level too. Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, that's, you know, that's how they, that's how they, that's how they learn. They it learn by it. like exactly what you said, play, it play, um, interacting, you know, being, being part of something, not, not, not just sort of taking notes from, from what we say. I mean, you know, the whole educational system used to change. I mean, that's, you know, that's been so restricted for so long. We're not integrating our kids, you know, in a way that tapping into their own intuitive intelligence, because you said your daughter's so intuitive. Our children are intuitive. They're incredibly intelligent. Mm -hmm. And we, we want to regiment what they learn rather than invite them to learn and, and understand it from an entire feeling of it, not just a, a brain activity of it. Right, right. And the other thing that, that I've, I've been blown away as a new parent is how much they imitate. It seems like the majority of the learning that my daughter does is, is just watching us. Yes. Which, which puts, um, puts a lot of sort of weight on, on me and my wife's shoulders because because she's constantly imitating us and, and it's like okay if she's always watching us that means that we we really have to we have to be we have to live our lives in a in a healthy way our marriage has to be healthy yes um, the way we interact with each other the mm-hmm. way we interact with ourselves and mm-hmm. and how present we are with with the family it's like all those things are um that may be that's where they do the bulk of the learning from yes. us is just, yes. is just how we live our lives yes. and, and what the, 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 the picture that we paint with our own actions. Um, not, not the, you know, the 10 minutes that we take to, to talk to them about, about right. something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. A child is going to copy because that's how they're learning. They're copying mm-hmm. from you. And that's equally, if you're under stress, you know, you could right. say, you know, um, mommy or daddy just having a hard day today, you know, what does that mean? Well, you can explain what a hard day is. I'm feeling sad today or I'm, you know, just a little overwhelmed today because that's also giving the child permission to have those emotions themselves when they come up and not feel they need to hide them or suppress them. So we, you know, whatever we're going through, we always need to realize they're going to emulate, but we also need to actually address those times where, you know, there are struggles or there there are some difficulties that we need to address and invite the child in to actually learn to understand those based on their age, of course. But um, we dumb the kids down by just trying to paint everything rosy and stating that this is a hard day. This is what you can do for mommy and daddy on a hard day, right? You can paint as a lovely picture. You can do something, empower them to do something for you. 
and then they feel that they're not just standing by watching a difficulty where they feel they can't do anything about it. Yeah, I think that's that's good advice. My my daughter loves loves when she's she's helpful. Um, yes, like she her 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 main chore. She's only nineteen months, but she has a chore, and it's to fill up my dog's uh, dog food bowl so every morning she goes and she goes and she she has a little scooper and she scoops the dog food and then she puts it in, in my dog's bowl and then she runs and lets me know that she did a chore and yes <laughs> they want to fun. please they want to please yeah, they yeah, want yeah. to feel they're a part of something and you know again the, the upbringing of the past was very much you know children should be seen and not heard and which I 1 million percent disagree with. I think we should listen to our children because we learn a great deal back. You know, they are educators of us as well through the beautiful innocence of way they see life. Because, you know, as, as adults, we become jaded, right? You know, mm -hmm. there's, there's a film that comes over. And if we can see the sheer joy uh, that they have in just simple tasks and simple things, you, I'm sure every time she does that, you have a big smile on your face and your heart lights up. Mm -hmm. yeah no you're exactly right um yeah it's there yeah we can learn a lot from our kids and the joy the curiosity the sort of just the fascination and wonder and awe that they have of of the world that's been that that they live in uh, yeah. i think it's super healthy and then kind of putting that into the books you know because every child will identify themselves with a character in a book right they become that character and if it's a character that can face things that are exploratory, that question things, you know, they, they feel that that's their superpower and they have that, you know, they can now ask. And children will say the darndest things. They really will. I mean, you're going to have some very embarrassing moments when kids say things at the wrong time, in the wrong place, innocently. But they will because yeah. that's what they do. But this because they're exploring and we can never, ever suppress that exploring. So as you're writing these things in the book and then creating a place for them to go and inviting older siblings and family to do it, it's giving them permission to explore and to be able to speak to what they're learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so, so at Brave, you know, we, we've got, we've got a lot of characters, but we've got these five main characters um, there. We, they're known as Team Brave and they're, they're sort of the, the younger generation of heroes that are stepping up to defend Freedom Island. So um, we, have, we have sort of like our founding fathers, they're the legends of Freedom Island. They've gotten too old to, to defend this new attack by the, some of the villains. Um, and, and so this, this new generation has to step up and, and we, we, we designed the characters to where you know, most every kid should be able to uh, identify with at least one. Mm -hmm. you know, we've got we've got sort of the the meathead who's strong and and acts before he thinks. We've got uh, the the dainty girl who's you know has her little uh, sort of quiet quiet personality, and we've got the sort of our Tony Stark type character, really sharp, clever, witty, uh, the strong, silent type who's very sort of. He's like our Captain America, very moral. Mm -hmm. And then Eva, Eva, who's loud and funny. And so, so, um, and, and we get, we get, uh, we get so many like 
either emails or on social media that people will send us like the, the kids just they fall in love with one or two characters and they, they'll draw them they'll write their we have kids write their own brave books and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a lot of fun whenever you tap into their their imagination and yeah we had a, on the news last night a, a six-year-old who had written a book drawing pages and little sayings and they went to put it in the library on the bookshelf and then somebody <laughs> found this and what they've done is they've made it a library book now and he's now writing another book right and it's like, and it's just it's anytime we can encourage them in their discovery of life you know and we don't own our kids we're custodians of our children and we're here to guide and nurture them you know water their beautiful seeds into discovering who they are and what they're here for, because everything, every single one of us is here for a meaningful purpose and to be contributors uh, to, to society, to life in general. And I think the most important thing is to teach our children is empathy, because we have a narcissism on the rise right now, megaly, megaly. And this narcissism is, is, a, is a child that was never taught to be kind or caring or to empathize with anyone. And they're still in the mode of me, myself, and I, and it's at the expense of other people. They don't care if they hurt other people. And if we teach our children kindness, caring, and empathy, and support of one another, and they have a voice, they're going to grow up to be really wonderful human beings, um, wonderful adults. Yeah. Yeah, I think think if you can teach kids that, that'd that'd be great. You know, the the hard part is, is just figuring out how to do that you know and it's step by step it's step by step you know allow your children to teach you allow the other children to teach you because you're still relative to your new parent you know i'm you're you're probably younger than my kids (laughs) and everything is you there is no there is a guidance system right there it's there's a guidance system but there is no kind of template or there is not a book you should do it this way because you can have a dozen children and each one of them are totally different right it doesn't matter what umbrella you bring them they're all different personalities and it's like have your moral compass have your your um your inner navigator and just as long as they know that any punishment they ever get in life has got nothing to do with the fact that you love them. You just disagree with what they did, right? And love should never be a weapon. And that everything in life is based in love and kindness, because that's God's voice anyway, love and kindness. And if we can teach them from there, you're going to learn as you go. And as you talk to other parents, and as you get feedback from the books, as you get feedback from the children, and just as they're willing to learn, you're willing to learn as well. And it's just a wonderful learning exploration from both parent and child. <laughs> All right. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait to continue parenting. You make it sound so 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 amazing. <laughs> I have three. And believe me, a lot of my gray hairs have their name on it. They definitely put me through the ring. I have one grandchild and one step-grandchild. And... I've, I've seen them go through life um, on many, many levels of exploration. But one thing I taught them was, I love you. This is, this is uh, your boundary. You won't overstep that boundary. In other words, you won't hurt anyone else for your own, your own gain. And then always being kind and considerate to other people and be true to who you are the core of who you and the discovery of who you are is part of our life's journey. And no matter what wild things they may have done, they always came back to that core value 
of love and respect for life and all things living. And it's led them down a right path. That doesn't mean that there weren't times that it was like, because a kid's job is to do that to you, right? And I'm sure if you look back on your own life, you probably gave your own parents a few hairy times. Right? Yeah, too many. But as your books grow, um, really listen to you, to the children and what they want and what the parents want, because that more and more the books will grow into something that becomes then that compass that platform from them to spring from, because you're certainly on the right track. And, but we've also got to be tolerant and flexible in life. Remember, everything is based in love, everything. That's what God is, is love, love towards ourselves and everyone else. If we can teach that in, in our, to our children from a very young age, love, empathy, compassion, kindness, caring, that will be an in ingredient that will go into everything they do in life. And, and allows them to explore, allows them to discover. So you've got a long way to go with these books. There's so many avenues that you can go down, which is really wonderful for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, you know, as far as listening to the parents, we, we, get, we get a lot of, you know, these, these families, they, they've, they've really fallen in love with these books. And so... So, so parents have um, they've re requested that that we want people want a TV show. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. They, want, they want to be able to they want to be able to see see these characters get developed a little bit more. But they also want um, want us to do novels and and, and mm -hmm. get into middle grade and young adult novels because mm -hmm. uh, because apparently uh, you know a lot of a lot of what's being written um, you know is is sort of is sort of on the trashy side. There's a lot of like, you know, sex and stuff like yeah. that that a lot of parents, parents, you know, like how do you, there's not a lot of, I guess, it's hard to know what's, what's safe, you know, to, yes. to let your kids read, you know, once it gets into the novel territory. Mm -hmm. And so, so we've had a ton of requests for that. And we're actually about, we're about to start up a, a project um, to, to our first novel is going to be underway here very shortly. So that, it's fun. It's fun. It's been a lot of, it's been a, it's been a crazy, crazy journey. Um, we launched in February of 2021. Um, so it's been actually less than a year. Our first book came out in July of this year. And, um, and just the, it's been fun. I, I feel like a kid again, um, mm -hmm. you know, building a universe and, and story boards and, and yeah. char developing characters and figuring out what they look like and all this stuff. It's been, you know, I, I was doing cataract surgery. Um, <laughs> Up until, up All until very important, but certainly not as yeah. stimulating. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Definitely a different part of my brain. Mm. Um, but but it's it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun um, going down this journey. And, and yeah, yeah, we do have have a lot of lot um, you know big future ahead of us. It, it, it sort of looks like we're going to be we're going to be a um, it's going to be a success. I mean, it's yeah. already, it already is a success. And, and, um, and so now it's just like, where, where do we go from here? Um, it's sort of just up to our creativity and, and the, sort of the sky's the limit. So I highly recommend um, that you watch the makings of Sesame street on Netflix. 
and okay. especially as you want to start your own TV show. And it was really interesting how it came about. And basically it was the uh, kids were, you know, going home from school and watching commercials, two or three minute commercials on beer and cigarettes and everything else. There was nothing for kids. And mm. they, they knew that kids needed something more that was educational, that was inclusive, that really spoke about their demographics, their community. And, uh, and that's how it was created. It was quite fascinating uh, on how it came about. And, you know, inclusivity is something that's really, really important today. And, you know, kids are, are going to grow up knowing everybody of every race, color, creed and everything else. And it's, um, they need to have it in their world when it's young as well as, as, they, as they grow older. Um, but a really, good, uh, a really good program if you're starting down the TV show row, because that's, that's a, a big deal, <laughs> a, big, a big thing to take on. But when it's done right, uh, uh, the service, that, I mean, Sesame Street's been on for 50 years. It's still going. Yeah. It's still a wonderful educational platform. And so when you, when you can get it right there, then the sky's a limit on that. Yeah, we, we have our first pilot episode written and sort of getting rave reviews. Um, and yeah, I, it's going to be a lot of fun for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about seeing how TV animated TV shows are made. I yeah. have no idea, but we're about to find out. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, I mean, um, this is something also that parents can watch with kids. You know, they can let the kids watch it alone and know it's all right, but also something that people, parents can watch with the kids and again, open up to conversation. Because, you know, one of the big problems we have with kids as they get older, because we're teenagers, they all turn into the exorcist and their heads start spinning around, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. is, the, is open communication. And if you can always have that dialogue, always that ability to communicate, it's uh, something that will then see them through that, uh, those puberty years into adulthood safely. So... You're not just educating your kids for today as the young ones. You're educating them through all of their various seasons of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, teaching them how to think as opposed to what to think. Yeah, exactly. And to think for themselves and that no thought is wrong, but maybe we could think it better, right? You know, because mm -hmm. kids are going to mimic not just what you do, what others do. And if they, if they do say something that is not um apropos and then it's how they can say it better what are you trying to say what do you mean how can you say it better and uh, to give our kids a great deal more credence than what we're, we're giving you know we don't grow up as adults we grow up from the moment we're born we're going through all of these wonderful stages in life and we need that emphasis and that guidance on our young children and empower them to have a voice empower them to have a thought to think for themselves, you know, be willing to take the red pill and not mindlessly yeah. go through life, you know, under a dictation of just handing, handing yourself over to other people to live for you. No, we're responsible for our own lives and the more empowerment we have and the more thought process and deducing we have, the better we're going to live it. So much, much better way of doing it. So um, how do people get hold of the books and become part of the game and everything? So it's a subscription model and mm -hmm. our subscribers get a book every single month. Each new book teaches a uh, different traditional value. Um, so we've got things like honesty, freedom of speech, uh, all sorts of stuff. 
and um, and you go to bravebooks.com to to subscribe, and y- you can also you know follow us on social, follow me I'm at Trent Talbot, uh, Brave Books US on Twitter. I think that's it, and yeah. I mean, you know, people have got to see the little movie. It's great. But also look at the right. characters. I've got the characters here on your show page. And, you know, they're fun. They're colorful. They're empowering. And, you know, people, I mean, in martial arts, they don't teach you um, to kill. They teach you to prevent, right? Prevent being killed or prevent harm. And I think the more we empower children to step into their own empowerment and to, uh, and that their weapon is is their voice, is their persona, is is their love. Then the more they will actually understand, because we're seeing way too much violence, way too much violence going on, and that uh, all the video games are just shoot it up. You know, solve your problem by shooting it up. And it's uh, people have got we've got to empower our kids to know that there's so many other ways to express things and to address things than just shooting it up. So um, keep on writing these books and keep on, and when you've got the program going, let me know. And I'll add it to your Thank show you. page because uh, you're on the right track here. And as I said, listen to the kids. They'll guide you, they'll steer you, they'll tell mm. you what you want. And between the parents and that, it's all about bridging that gap. When you bridge that gap and that communication is there, then the guidance will always be something. But we've got to be willing to learn from my kids as well, not just the other way around. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, yeah, well, thank you for having me. Well, one, one thing, um, you know, as far as listening to the, to, to the kids, when we first started off, like the first story or two, we, we were just writing it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and, then, and then we just sort of were like, all right, what sounds the best? And just trying to do it ourselves. It wasn't until um, we got to like book two or three that we started to do a lot of um, family reading. Mm-hmm. and where we test it out yeah and then it's become now it's like become such a critical component of of how we write our books like we sort of just come up with a first draft and then we start testing out and see what the kids like and don't yes. like and what the parents yes. like and don't like and just and and then it's then that process just sort of takes care and we'll end up with a really good book right um so so a lot of these books are sort of in some ways written by kids yeah because yeah. it's for them so you do right, need right. to write it from their perspective because it is for them. You know, a lot of books yeah. that are written for children are written from the adult's perspective for the children. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. How, how do you, you're imposing your perspective yeah. on them instead of allowing them to have that voice. We must allow our children to have a voice and to, to think what that voice is. Where is it coming from? Where's the understanding? Where's the compassion? Um, but if we don't allow our children to have the voice and they become voiceless, they turn in, they go angry, they go violent, they go wrong. And we can see that in society today. If we want to correct the problems of society today, we need to invest in our children right now. Yep, 100% agree. Well, keep on, keep on writing. <laughs> Will do. Thanks very much for being here. And to everyone else out there, you can get these books, brave, uh, bravebooks.com. Yes. And, uh, and, and let your children explore, let them read the books, let them play the game, let them discover. And while they're discovering, you're discovering things about your children and you're bridging that gap and you're making that conversation and that wonderful dialogue open up and you never know where it's going to go. And 
TV show and God knows what else is going to come out over here. And it just could be their guidance system to helping them grow up to be beautiful, fruitful, loving, kind people. Until next time, folks. Bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. Please tune in to our selfdiscoverymedia.com slash shows and you will see all the other genres that we have from you. Every week on Tuesday, we bring you new shows from illuminating people. If you know someone that should be interviewed, please contact us at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com. Now stay tuned for your next show.